Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special guest today. Her name is Haley Robson. Now, you probably have heard of a person by the name of Jeffrey Epstein. Well, he had many victims, and Haley was one of those victims. Now, Haley was a young girl who was an equestrian and a former student at Royal A. Palm Beach High School. She was fun-loving, and she was a child. She played girls' flag football. However, this all changed when she was victimized by Jeffrey. But Haley does not use this as something to knock herself down, but she uses this to be an advocate for victims of sexual and domestic abuse by speaking up. Welcome, Haley. Hi, thank you for having me. I just got to thank you first for your courage in coming forward. You know, it's a very brave thing to put your story out there for everybody. And with that, that allows other people to grow. Did you know that right now, every two minutes, a child is brought into prostitution in the United States and trafficked? I did not know the statistics, but it's not surprising for me to hear that. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that because I've been working with some other groups to bring this to the forefront. And uh, one of the groups I'm working with is something called Operation Rescue Children. And they are working to bring this to the forefront. So that's how scary it is. Every two minutes, a child is brought in, in, in trafficked. It's a very sad situation. Um, unfortunately, the, it starts with the trafficking, but their journey is, is usually very long and pretty tragic now, the way you, it ends. Can I go back a little bit into your past? And, and how did it happen for you? You know, you were in a high school, you were a normal girl, you were having fun, you were playing flag football. You, you know, what happened there? You know, I, in high school, I was, a, I was a really good student in the first two years of high school. And then um, it's very unfortunate, but I, my first experience with a man, I was raped. So that is that was the standard for me that that was my first experience so i think unfortunately when i met jeffrey i was super vulnerable and i was already dealing with trauma and when i was recruited to give epstein a massage um clearly i wasn't in um, a healthy mind frame or a position to where i can make a decision based on experience and knowledge 
Understandable. Now, how was it that you were recruited? Was it one of your friends that recruited you? So Tony Figueroa, from what my understanding and from what I can recall, was directly recruited um, by Ghislaine Maxwell when he was 20. Uh, Him, alongside with an underage school classmate that I went to middle school with, she recruited me. And in the car ride, uh, she had explained what was expected of me. And then that is uh, her and Tony groomed me in the car um, on what my experience would be like and what my expectations were. And then we had arrived at Jeffrey's. That's sad. Did, how long did this grooming go on and this relationship with Jeff, Jeffrey go on? I was in it for two years. Were you still living at home at that time? Yes. Did your parents have any idea any of this was going on? No. um, I mean, obviously, when the cops came to my door, they had an idea that something wasn't right, but they didn't know that I was involved with Jeffrey. They didn't know that I had been severely abused by him. They didn't understand or know or have any knowledge of what I was enduring. Yeah. Now, this is a typical story of what goes on in these situations that a a child is, is brought into this situation and the parents have no idea of what's going on. Now you were, you told me you were going through some things in your life that weren't healthy, healthy either. And part of that was probably the rape, but also you, you felt that you were distant from other people and you felt that your life wasn't healthy. Is, Is that correct? Yes, I was very emotionally detached um, at a very young age. Um, And I was just super detached, super disconnected from people, slightly numb. And um, I didn't have a lot of faith or belief in myself. Yeah, it's sad that these are the people that get preyed on are people who don't have beliefs in themselves. And, and when something like this is offered, it, it, it's not out of the norm, so to speak, that a, a child is brought into these situations. No, it's actually not at all um, something that's not common. It's actually happening a lot more frequently. Um, and, you know, these kind of predators, these type of people, they target you know, women and men and children that are vulnerable, possibly come from broken houses, possibly come from houses that have very little guidance, very little parental supervision, um, you know, and, and basically people that are, are easy targets and, and vulnerable. Yeah. Now, how many girls did you know of that were victimized by Jeffrey in the same way that you were? Probably about a dozen that I personally know through the investigation that have been abused by him. Wow. Now, I also understand that this goes on not only through Jeffrey, but through dozens and dozens of pedophiles in every city that's out there. And, and they prey on girls in chat rooms and in, in gaming rooms and things like that. And then 
all of a sudden it's it's a whole different situation when you meet the person that you thought was your friend and they're not your friend. It happens so much. I, I love true crime series and I can't I can't think of the name of the show that I'm watching now. But every once in a while, I come across like a, um, a TikTok video or something of where someone is behind a computer screen pretending to be a 13 year old female or a 13 year old boy. And then when the child goes to meet up, it's usually the parent. And, and when the parent meets up, they find this grown adult, you know, person. I think the last TikTok video I saw, it was a pastor or somebody who, who was affiliated with the church. And it's really deceiving and it's scary how these pedophiles and these, these people are getting through to our children, but they are literally going through every avenue possible, mostly social media, which is why I encourage parents and people in general, be very careful what chat rooms you enter, be very careful what you tell certain people. You know, on my laptop, um, I have a piece of tape that I put over the camera and I only take the tape off of the camera when I'm doing a speaking arrangement or a Zooming conference. I keep the tape on the video camera on my laptop so when my daughter uses it, nobody can see who they're speaking to. But it's, it's very important that, that people are aware of, of these types of things and, and the avenues that these people are taking out of desperation. Be, be very alert. What advice do you give to children uh, and their parents that are facing this situation? You know, for the parents, I would say uh, if you're dealing with your child um, coming out about sexual assault, abuse, or trafficking, uh, don't talk. Listen. Support. Be proactive, find counseling, and just be present and be supportive in your child's life. Ask the tough questions and don't be afraid to interject yourself into their life. And for the other young children or young adults that may find themselves in this situation, um, don't ever think that something is as face value. Always look at the broader picture of what could happen and don't ever put yourself in a position where you could put yourself in danger or others in danger and listen to your gut instinct. If your gut is telling you, Hey, this doesn't feel right. Or this doesn't seem like this is, this is right. Then you need to follow your gut and don't be afraid to have those open conversations with your parents. Believe it or not. Uh, I think a lot of it is, when I was going through my own trauma, I was scared to open up to my parents or to even a professional therapist because I didn't, I didn't know how to open up without the shame and embarrassment, but also without the blame. But you've got to have those open-ended conversations. You have to be able to talk to your parents. You have to have somebody in your life that you can, you can open up to. Did your parents know that you were raped? Yes. That's when I started counseling when I was 16. Um, my, my parents, I came home and um, I guess they had something of an intervention for me. And I opened up about that situation when I was raped. And immediately my mom put me into um, psychotherapy. And then I also had to see a psychiatrist that would prescribe me medications. 
Yeah. At 16. Well, I'm very glad that your parents were listening to you because quite often the situation is the parents do not listen. And then uh, the child is just even turning into themselves even more. Well, what's interesting is then I think one of the reasons why my mom and dad acted as they did is um, when I was going to my psychotherapist, um, she was a female, um, you know, it's very confusing with HIPAA laws because your best interest is in the interest of the patient, especially things get really tricky when you're dealing with a minor and now you've got HIPAA laws and you've got parental and you've got guidance. It's, it's, it's a lot. So my therapist at the time when I was 16 couldn't really tell my parents exactly what was going on without breaking my trust and, and breaking her oath. But it was my therapist that pulled my mother in the office and sat her down and said, you know, your daughter is showing severe signs um, of sexual abuse. And so having a therapist speak up as well um, to just let my parents know a little bit of what I was enduring, it was it was helpful. Everybody was on the same page. I'm so glad that somebody was listening to you, but still it didn't prevent the harm that came out later with Jeffrey Epstein, because you were so emotionally traumatized that you went into a vicious cycle. I Well, and that's the thing with therapy. And I didn't, I, so I chose not to stick with my therapist and I chose not to stick with the medications because I didn't like the way it was making me feel at that, at that time, which is why I always, always, always um, advocate for finding a therapist that specializes in your trauma. You're not going to go to a heart start. You're not going to go to a heart surgeon and ask them to scan your brain. You know, you have to, you have to pair up with somebody who can, who can focus on the specialized trauma that you're suffering from. But people were listening. um, And, you know, it's, it is a pattern. It's very unfortunate and which is it's an actual statistic. I don't have the numbers, but uh, once you've been sexually abused, victimized once, the likeliness of, of you being victimized more and, and, and sexually abused more, um, I think it's like a 99 point percent chance of, of that happening, which is why it's so important to stick and be committed to the therapy stay to break those patterns. For sure. You know, I, I'm also glad that this is coming to the forefront now. Two people I greatly admire. One is Nick Nanton, who is an Emmy award-winning director, and another person by the name of R- Russell Brunson, who uh, founded ClickFunnels uh, on the internet, has produced a, a, a movie, a short film called Operation Underground Railroad which is a a, a wonderful short film on trafficking and what is being done to end it in this day and age. And it it is really exciting to see that people are putting a spotlight on this very dark thing that's happening in our society. Well, we need to put the spotlight. We need to shine the spotlight and it needs to be super bright. And it needs to cover the entire world, not just America, because it does happen in other countries. Um, 
I'm definitely going to have to look into that. I love watching short films. I love documentaries. I love, you know, people that take notice and take pride and actually advocate for things that are important. Um, you know, this, the thing with trafficking is it's become an, an international business. It's bringing in more money and more revenue than drugs. So people like the cartels and people in other countries that are high up on their status are no longer as interested in drug trafficking because now they realize I can sex traffic and I can human traffic and I can make way more money in way more short of amount of time. And it's, it's good that more people are coming forward. It's a sad thing, but if you sell drugs, you sell them once. If you sell a person, you sell them over and over and over again. And that's how money is made in this vicious cycle. A hundred percent it is. It's, it's, um, it's very sad when you take a step back and you hear, I mean, obviously what I do, I hear stories um, a lot. And I think that's the one thing that is most humbling about my journey is hearing other men, children, and women come to me and, and open up about their stories or their experiences. And I'm just like, wow, wow. Yeah. And you hear it, you're, you're hearing it more often. You really truly are. It's, 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 it's happening every day in front of your face. And half the time people are missing the red flags. People are missing the signs. And with your permission, uh, Haley, I'd like to introduce you to some of the people I know that are fighting this too, because you might want to be a spokesman for Operation Child Rescue as well. And, and that sort of thing, because I think that would help to be a, a victim speaking out on it, not just a person that's, uh, you know, a, a parent or, or otherwise outside. I think being uh, associated with these people might help you too. Absolutely. That's another thing that I love about my story and my journey is the more people I meet and the more networking I do and the more experience and stories that people are sharing with me, the more I'm getting out of it, the more fulfilled, the more fulfilled I'm feeling. And, the more I'm healing internally, knowing that this may have been a journey that I went on with Jeffrey, but I very much feel like I'm on a journey with a lot of other people that can share similar stories with, and it's becoming a little community. And I love that. And we need to band together for people in the community that are, are unfortunately facing these traumatic events in their life. Understandable, Haley. And, um, you know, there's so much to be done and so much that needs to come out of this. But I want to emphasize the positive part of this, because the good news is at the other end of the cycle is a person like you that is spreading the word and is trying to end this and is, is healing themselves through the process of going out and speaking on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just feel, I feel like we need to roll up our sleeves and we really need to get to work on this um, with sex trafficking. I feel like there's a lot that needs to be done. There's a lot of barriers we need to break. You know, I look at the AA drug alcohol addiction and that community is so tight knit and there's so many resources available so I, I would like somehow for this sex trafficking community to start coming together for resources for these beautiful people that are coming out the other end 
and that want to have a successful life. They have the drive. They have the heart where they want to make their life beautiful and they want to have a beautiful big house and an awesome career. And they want to get over that hump. They want to get over the fence. They want to see the sun shining. They want to see the rainbow at the other end of this, at the other end of the tunnel. And that's what I would like to contribute to is to have more people come out on the other side and just take their trauma and just embrace it. Yeah. I, I have also had on my show a lady by the name of Mitzi Purdue. And Mitzi Purdue is uh, her father helped to set up the Sheraton hotels. And her husband uh, was Frank Purdue, who uh, was in the chicken business, who had over 20,000 employees in his business. So Mitzi is a, a fairly wealthy woman, but she is working in the Ukraine right now to try and stop prostitution and trafficking in the Ukraine, because one of the products of that terrible war there is trafficking that's going on. You know, I've actually heard this. I've actually heard that trafficking in Ukraine and in Russia are, 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 are terrible. See, we're so we, we live in the United States, so we don't see what the other countries are going through. But places like Ukraine, other continents, other countries, it's a worldwide. There's no discrimination against it. Well, just picture you're a young girl and you've lost both of your parents because uh, of war or your parents have been moved from the Ukraine to Russia because of the war and you yes. have no place to turn and, and you're fleeing and some stranger comes up that offers you a, a bed and uh, food and offers you a good life. And then you don't realize that they're actually involved in trafficking. A hundred percent. And that's how it happens. They take a vulnerable moment, a moment where there is despair, where there is vulnerability they take that moment and they exploit what you what you no longer what you no longer have. They take you and they turn you into a sex slave. And there was this there was this Latin term that my father used to say to me, and it was "dulce bellum in expertus." And for Latin, it means war is delightful for those who have no experience. So my war may have been a little bit different. But what those women are going through in Ukraine and what those girls and those boys are going through in Ukraine is devastating to not only lose your family and to lose your home and to lose everything, including your parents. But then you have these these predators that prey on people like that and exploit that. They take their weakness and they exploit it and they give you no option because you're making a decision out of survival. That's how they work. And, you know, the good news is there are some good people that are working with it, like Mitzi, who is setting up homes there for people like this so that hopefully they can go. A girl like this can go to a home like this yes, and prevent it from going into a, a prostitute. It's so much easier to prevent than try to treat it at the end when it's already occurred. I 100 percent agree. I couldn't agree more with that. It's, it's, it's easier to prevent it than it is easier to treat it because it's a lifelong battle. That's right. So this is why I'm so glad you're getting out there and speaking as well and getting uh, out there speaking to children in this situation, because 
as I say, this is happening in every school, in every place in the United States. It's happening in every place in Mexico. It's happening everywhere in third world countries. Uh, and a lot of it is is these pedophiles that are trying to abuse their situation. Yes, yes, they, they definitely uh, take advantage and abuse uh, their position, their status, the situation. Absolutely. That's that's what they do. We have to be smarter than them. That's right. So, Haley, we're rapidly coming to the end of our show here. I want to know what your life is like now. Oh, gosh. Uh, I am so thankful for my life. Um, I I still attend therapy with Randy Cogan. Um, I go twice a week. I work really, really, really hard for myself. Um, I do a lot of different speaking arrangements. The platform from Netflix has given me so many opportunities and so many platforms to share my experience and help others uh, heal and get through. Um, my life is beautiful. You know, life is what you make it. I, I try to wake up every day with a grateful heart. I try to wake up every morning with a forgiving heart. I try to make every day count for something. And I just wake up with purpose every morning. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy to just be on the other side and just be healthy and just, and, and be living. Yeah. And this is why I, I run this show called how to live a fantastic life show. Yes, everybody has difficulties in their life, and yours is probably some of the greatest that has gone on. But, you know, on the other side, there is a fantastic life, and it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And the message you give to everybody is truly one of the greatest messages that can come out, Haley. There is a success story for everyone. There really is. And we need to help more people get to that side. That's right. Well, Haley, how can people find out more about you and how can they find out more about your world and your journey? Well, um, you can go on Amazon and purchase the book, The Spider. Uh, I have my memoir. If you want to learn more about my journey and my abuse, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, hrobson86 at yahoo.com. And uh, follow my journey. I post a lot of great content, a lot of great videos, just positive, positive vibes. Fantastic. Well, Haley, I've got to thank you so much for being here today. Are there any, are there any last words you'd like to say to our listeners that might be involved in this situation? Don't give up. Don't detour. Uh, the journey is, is just starting and the healing is where it's at. Get in there and, and, and start doing some work for yourself and start, start healing yourself. Thank you very much. Bye for Thank now. Thank you so much. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.